Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And we hope you had a great Thanksgiving. This week, we have two dope guests. First up, we have Ashley of Will Drink for Travel and Lloyd of Quarter 103. Drinking rose specca vodka today, um, as well as some of the amazing Corner 103 wine out of California. What's that? Yeah, that's the crib shot. <laughs> I mean, I love the LBC and all that, don't you? Uh, I love everything California. Uh, trying to get there immediately. If someone wants to adopt a grown man in California so I can live there, please uh, hit me up. <laughs> it's like the my buddy toy, like right. you know. Hey, people call my people. Um, <laughs> trying to get back to Cali. Man. I'm going back to Cali. Right, Cali. Well, with all that said, <laughs> we have two amazing guests today. Mm-hmm. We have Ashley, who has this company that she calls Will Drink for Trap. I do that shit. Yeah, and that's how you gonna get to California. Can, can I work for her? <laughs> she, yeah, I, hell yeah, I travel for uh, drinks. Yes, and like she talks about all the amazing cocktails she has on her journeys, and like she's been like pretty much all over the world. Yeah, definitely to holler at her. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to tune in. Yes, extra hard to that one. That's that's definitely um living my dream right there. Yes, and Going then place to place and uh, getting drunk. Yeah, it's getting tore up. Yes. <laughs> Blow up. Right. <laughs> But right. then also we talked to Lloyd of Corner 103. He is the owner of it. And he, he basically has like a million acres of land. In a, like Of what? He has a million acres of land. like A million acres? Okay, it's not literally a million. But, but like, I mean, it's a lot of acres. It's a ton. He owns like, I want to say 12 vineyards. God damn. And he used to be an investment So, like, he talks about how he got into the wine industry. And, you know, he is really cool. He sounds like my dad a little bit. Hey, Willie Joe. Yes, he sounds like Willie Joe. Shout out to Willie Joe and all my dad does. But also, Mr. Lloyd, we are shouting you out because you are. And he's also a black man who is doing this. And it's, it's so amazing to see. So, so super dope fresh I'm so with it yes and speaking of of so dope fresh we are in the holiday season and I'm so excited 
I can, I can hear it. Yes, I, I love this season. Yeah. Because it's like my birthday kicks it off. Then we go with, we slide into Thanksgiving. Then we slide into Christmas. Then we slide into New Year's. And then we slide into MLK Day. Damn, you, you got it charted all the way to the 15th. I mean, from now until like literally March, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, a couple. you work a few days, then you get a few days off. You work a few days, you get it for people. You know, shout out to the government for working that out to where, you know, after the holiday, you know, break, it kind of eases you back into work. Mm-hmm. If you really, you know, you brought up a good point. If you look at the calendar, you know, you start at the top of the year, you get, a, you know, some breaks, kind of ease you back into it. Because around, you know, after spring, mm-hmm. you got to work through the whole summer unless you take a summer, you know, vacations or whatnot. There's no holidays really in the summer. There is only one or right. technically two, but they're so spread out. Like right. 4th of July, Juneteenth, if you, you know, right. you, you, you actually know about it. And then uh, Memorial Day. Memorial Day in that in uh that's September. like May though, right? That's September, I thought. What's the, what's the one in September? Labor Day. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So I love the end of the year because also too, you could just say happy holidays to random people and you see a smile. You say anything to somebody nowadays, you get a smile. Well, true. If you have your mask on. Twenty twenty. Damn, <laughs> it's been a humdinger. Uh, a humdinger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I want to know, like, as we're in the holiday season, what gift do you want to give someone? Because we always talk about what we want, but what do, what do we want to give people during this time? I think the thing I want to give somebody is like that one idea that makes them some bread. Mm. Like that one divine spark, you know what I mean? To get them out there to, you know, say, oh, that, that's a good idea, Ben. Let me try that. You know, they come back like, oh, man, you know, I did that thing you said and I made a good chunk of money and, I'm, you know, my, my life and circumstances changed. So I think that would be the gift I would like to give somebody. That's a good gift because it's a gift that continues to give. Right. You teach a man to fish, he eats for life. For life. For for life. I I personally want to give the gift of laughter. I feel like this year has been very stressful, traumatic. Um, I mean, there have been a lot of lost in this year, whether it's people, jobs, businesses, opportunities. Every, everyone can say that some, something this year was a loft to them. But there's also so much people have gained. Um, and also, we haven't laughed a lot this year. It's been a very serious year. I feel you on that. And so, like, I just want people to, like, I forgot how to laugh. <laughs> and, like, they fall out and they're like, yeah, girl. <laughs> That's not the laugh button. <laughs> and, but, you know, I, I I think you know, and um, you know, and like you said, through these times, it's kind of hard to laugh, and sometimes you may forget how to do it. So, it gives somebody that, and um, you know, makes somebody feel good is definitely needed. Yeah, and Nowadays. I feel like we need to we need to laugh a little more, you know, and and tis the season to be jolly. Mm. So, okay, one more holiday question. Uh oh. What's your favorite holiday song? Holiday song? I mean, you could say Christmas. You could say um, 
Alright Because you know right, Kwanzaa I'm, I'm gonna be straight up with you I don't Kwanzaa. I don't like holiday songs Um I don't know Because they all be singing About Santa Claus And Christmas And bells and stuff And, we, and I don't have nothing Against that But it's like All the subject matters Are the same mm. You know So it's kind of like eh, It's a Christmas song yeah. Singing about Christmas But I would say If I were to have A favorite one I would say the one That stands out in my head A lot That reminds me The most of Christmas Would be Mariah Carey's song yeah, like when I think <laughs> Right, anytime I think of Christmas I get that song stuck in my head Like right now, I would hear that song for like four days Yeah, and it's, it's Mariah Carey season So my song And a lot of people may not know this But a lot of people should know this The Temptations version Of Silent Night Silent no, wait. You gotta, you gotta go to the beginning when he's like, "I want you to be free." <laughs> hey, hey. In my mind, <laughs> I don't know. People do not realize how funny that beginning of the song is. It's so amazing. Like, why are you saying in my mind, "I want you to be free"? Merry Christmas. Each one. Oh, oh yeah! Like it, it's a whole nother song before they get to Silent Night. They would just try to cram all that Christmas stuff into one song, you know? Noel, Noel, Silent Night, uh, Merry Christmas. They put a lot into that song, and if you have not heard the Temptations <laughs> version of Silent Night, one, talk to your black friends. Two, because everybody's mama, dad, grandparent. Used to play that every yeah, Christmas. It's definitely a staple. It is in rotation at every black home. So happy holidays. That's a treat. You will love it. Temptations, Silent Night. Hey, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm, def- I'm definitely here for it. Well, let's get into our first interview now that we've educated people on holiday music. <laughs> GetYourHip.com Yeah, Come on with that website next There's an idea So somebody (laughs) He's giving a gift right there people Uh, Hey GetYourHip.com Yes That's a free free. First one's free Yeah we do it (laughs) Let's talk to these people Yes First interview with Ashley Coming up now Ashley Ashley Hey girl Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And today, you're in for such an amazing treat. This woman is doing some amazing things and so innovative. I'm not going to go into details because it's so cool. And I want her to tell how she got started and also like what it is and like how you can potentially do it too. So without further ado, the amazing Ashley of will drink for travel wow that was quite the introduction thank you so much (laughs) well you're welcome i mean you're a queen you deserve it (laughs) oh thank you you know thank you queen from one queen to another yes yes snap 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 (laughs) (laughs) so i i mean i gotta ask like how did you even get into like this travel cocktail wine world like 
what what's your story? Like, how did you do this? <laughs> so, um, I started Will Drink for Travel in 2014. Um, I was actually working full time. I still do actually um, for the federal government in Washington D.C. Um, and I was traveling to Tanzania for work um, and I'd be there for two months and I knew that that was the longest time I had ever spent out of the country away from my family and friends and it was my first time to the continent and I really wanted to show people what I was seeing. I wanted them to experience what I was experiencing. Um, and so I started researching before I left about, you know, blogs and travel blogs. I really had no idea, you know, what the blogging world was like, I guess. Mm-hmm. I only read celebrity celebrity uh, blogs. Right. So, like, the travel blogging world was, like, a little new to me, um, even though I had traveled a little bit before. Um, but, yeah, so I started it because I wanted a way to show everyone what I was doing, um, but also put my spin on it. And so I was thinking, like, you know, what do I like to do? Like, how will I keep people interested? Um, and I just, you know, happen to enjoy a good cocktail. So <laughs> I thought, you know, I see a lot of people doing food blogging, but I don't really see anyone doing um, cocktail blogging, or at least I didn't see a black woman doing it at the time. Um, and so We'll Drink for Travel was born and I've been keeping up with it ever since. It's been a great fun uh, you know avenue hobby you know it started out as a hobby now it's more so a business but I still enjoy it like I love creating content and I love uh introducing people to new products ideas concepts like I just I think it's amazing wow and I mean like you have traveled the world and I mean your photos on Instagram are so breathtaking so Thanks. they're just gorgeous I feel like I'm in the photo with you <laughs> like Thanks. That actually, I work hard so yeah. that makes me feel good because well, good, <laughs> you, you are putting in the work queen you are putting in <laughs> thank you what are some like fascinating places that you've been to that people will be like I never knew um, where have I been that I think is fascinating? So South Africa is actually like one of my favorite countries, if not the my most favorite country. Mm. I've spent a lot of time there and I just, you know, there's something for everyone there. Um, uh, Cape Town, Johannesburg, Joburg, Durban, like I just, the, the coast, like it's just so beautiful. I mean, still racist yeah obviously because of apartheid and mm-hmm. whatever we know a little something about that but right, you know it's right. <laughs> great like I, I really i just love it it feels like home to me um one of the more off-beaten pla- places i've gone um has been seychelles yes. which is um you know east africa mm-hmm. um beautiful like the most beautiful place I feel like I have ever seen and I realize you know it's kind of costly and it's kind of remote um you know you have to if you're coming from the United States you have to fly someone somewhere in Africa and then you know maybe catch two you know two more planes from there um but it is gorgeous, like the most beautiful water I've ever seen. The people were super friendly. Um, and yeah, that is actually 
one of my you know most favorite off the beat beaten path places and then i would probably say i had the most uh, most fun unexpectedly unexpectedly fun time in uh iceland i've heard about that i've heard a lot of people talk about iceland yes lit Yes, and when Wow Air was still a thing, like I caught one of those like $99 budget airline things. Uh, I was going to London actually, but you stop in Iceland. So um, I was like, oh, I'll do a long layover. It was amazing. It's beautiful. Um, And the food is amazing. And the people are actually really nice. Like it's an island mostly made of white people but like it was it was like everybody was like super friendly I loved it yeah and like I heard like you can go to like those lagoons and stuff like that did you do that too of course yes (laughs) I did that I saw the blue lagoon is like a man-made lagoon but it's still amazing and uh, like great water warm warm water um and you can get cocktails while you're in the lagoon and a massage and dinner. Like, it's just a great experience. Like, I, def- I definitely think you need to experience it if you're going to, to Iceland. Um, but even if you get outside the city um, and, you know, you see the geysers and you go, you know, do a road trip. Like, it's just the land, the landscape is amazing. Um, and like I said, the food was like... I mean, you know, it's a, so you eat a lot of seafood. Obviously it's an island. It's delicious. Nice. So I know we're talking about the travel portion, but like you will drink for travel. So yeah, about these drinks. (laughs) (laughs) Important. Right. This is the important part of this. Like, this is why we're here. Cause people want to know like your favorite cocktails, like where, when you're like having a rough day, what is your go-to cocktail? Oof. You know, that's hard. There's so many. (laughs) Yes, that's hard because it really, it's dependent on so many things. Like it's dependent on my mood. It's dependent on the season. It's dependent on what I, you know, what I have in my uh, pantry or my refrigerator. Um, So, but like if I, all those things aside, like I would probably say like an old fashioned, Ah. um, you know, simple, but classic and potent like it gets the job done um and it's delicious um so i yeah i'd probably say an old-fashioned so while you're you're traveling i'm i'm clearly you drink for travel what are some of the most like far out drinks you've had like cocktails that you've had in in different countries oh i know (laughs) i'm like oh I'm trying to think of where I've been. You know, when I went to Romania, and I'm blanking on the name of the drink. I was visiting friends um, who lived at the for my birthday. Um, it was like. And I'm really blanking on the name, and I'm really irritated that I am. No worries. Do you remember what it was made of? It was like, it tasted like um, 
you know how they have like that um it's like a niece like that a niece taste like that mm-hmm. licorice sort of taste oh. um yeah and i can't remember that i'm trying to look it up really quickly no worries um, no worries i i just wanted to know because i know like when i travel like i try to at least do one of like the local drinks and i know like in portugal they have like a drink there and I know, like the housewives of uh, Potomac, oh my god, went there. <laughs> oh, you you must follow me then, because yes. I literally like uh, put it on my stories. I was like, I need this. What is it, poncha? Yeah, I'm like, poncha. I need, I need some of this because they have been drinking it at every meal. Yeah, like, they were going hard with that. <laughs> yes, I was like, oh my goodness, this must be delicious. So yes. obviously I need to go to Portugal soon. Even though I did read like it was like a cocktail specific to Madeira, but I'm like, whatever. I'm sure they had it in Lisbon as well. So right, right. I mean, I'm pretty sure somebody got their spin on it. <laughs> yes, exactly. But yeah, I, I mean, that's why I do will drink for travel because I it's so important to, you know, step outside your comfort zone you know a lot of times like americans will travel and they'll be like and this has happened to people i have personally traveled with like my friends or they're like oh this doesn't taste good this doesn't this is not how i like it or this you know it this isn't what i'm used to and it's like yeah that's the whole point like the, the whole point is to have something that you're not used to um now whether you like it or not that's one thing but at least you know if you've tried and mm-hmm. You know, you're not, that's not what you like. Um, but yeah, that's the whole point of travel is to really experience another culture and to appreciate it. And so um, that's why I love Will Drink for Travel because I feel like it's such a great way to show people like, you know, this is a way you can immerse yourself too. Like you don't always need to be there for an extended period of time. But if you really set your intent on um experiencing local culture like you will yeah that's true and i know since you are a travel and wanderlust and 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 have so many amazing stories i know right now with covid this is probably driving you insane how are yeah. you coping with this during this I, time I, on the inside every day oh. uh, <laughs> i'm sorry i know um how am i coping well i did I have done a couple of road trips this summer. I did a road trip to uh, Cape Cod and Newport, Rhode Island in August, which was amazing. And uh, then I recently, about two or three weeks ago, came back from Hilton Head, South Carolina. So that was also amazing. So I'm really trying to limit my exposure and, um, but also still, you know, feed that sort of wanderlust bug I have. But it's an interesting question because, um, and I actually saw someone on my Facebook post this the other day. It's like, you know, we all love to travel, whatever, but like there are some people who just aren't able to do that regularly, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's time, money, circumstance, whatever. Um, And people use travel to escape their problems, but like what... Like, that's a larger issue, right? Like, you know, we need a break. We all, you know, want to experience things. But like, if you're using travel to escape, then that, you know, speaks to a larger issue. And I think that's something that the travel community should probably talk about and address, you know, like, 
There are so many like local businesses that we could be supporting, you know, at this time. And And at the beginning of the pandemic, when it was warm outside, I was, you know, walking Baltimore's trails and, you know, supporting, you know, going river rafting and, you know, just trying to do things locally. Um, you know, obviously it's harder in winter, but, um, you know, I think it's important that you experience your hometown too. Like it's not just traveling across the globe, but it's like, you should become an expert on where you live too. Yeah, no, that that's totally true. Um, I, I, I do follow you. So, <laughs> and I mean, I, I feel like, am I following you? I feel like, no, I, yeah. it's okay if you're not, because we, we are new besties. So <laughs> yes. yes, and I'm in the DC area too. So this is perfect. Oh, awesome. When, when yeah. the outside opens, we definitely have to have a rosé yeah. travel moment. <laughs> I love that. I feel like I have made so many internet friends during this pandemic that I'm like looking forward to outside opening. <laughs> me too, me too. Like I have to make a trip to Oregon, Washington State, uh, yeah. Alabama. It's just like, wow, I, I didn't even know this community was so this one diverse uh, and different types of people, how they got in and how polite and honest and open, you know, people are in this industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, um, I think the internet is good for that most times, you know, it's good for breaking down those barriers and making people feel more accessible. Now that's not always a good thing, but most times I feel like it is like anybody sends me a DM or whatever. Like I'm always answering, I, you know, whatever questions people have. And I, I like that. Like I like interacting with people. I want people to be informed. Yeah. And you have a great way of doing it. And it's speaking of, you know, your, your Instagram and social media. How can people get in touch with you and follow you? I am at Will Drink for Travel um, on Instagram. I am Will Drink for Travel on Facebook. I am Will Drink for Travel TV on YouTube. Yes, come we'll on with travel. all the social. <laughs> Will Drink for Travel on Pinterest and Drink for Travel on Twitter. You guys, just remember, drink for travel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I will come up in any platform. It's fine. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, I know we talked about your favorite cocktail. So, last question. I know this is going to be a, a a little different. What's your favorite rosé? Oh, and I like rosé, too. That's okay. I, if you, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> no, and you know, when you said that, it actually comes to mind. I just recently had a uh, rosé, a delicious rosé. I brought some home um, from Newport uh, Vineyards. Newport Vineyards in Newport, Rhode Island. Um, I, I tasted it and I was like, oh, wow, this is delicious. I don't know what, what they're doing up there. Uh, but... It was like one of the best rosés I've had in quite a while. Um, yeah. And I like that, you know, I was visiting a local winery and just, you know. Shopping small businesses. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Ashley, this has been so much fun and we have to have you back on, especially when the outside opens, because I know the next thing people want to know and we'll talk about in our next interview, hopefully, if you're you have time, you know, absolutely. We're new friends. Yes. Come on, bestie. I know (laughs) people want to know, like, how do you do the travel? So we'll dig into that next time. Like how, what's, who pays, how do you pay all that? So 
I am open to sharing. Yes, we are here to inform. <laughs> Absolutely. It is accessible and everyone can do something. You can do something to contribute to your your travels. Yes. Well, Ashley, this again has been so much fun. Thanks for joining us today. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Wow. Thanks, Ashley. You are giving us life with all the travel. So people, don't forget to follow her because if you want to do that too, you got to follow her to see how she does it. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're talking to the amazing, awesome, super fresh Lloyd of Corner 103. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. And today, you guys are in for a special treat. I've been stalking, fangirling them for a while on Instagram. They are fantastic. It's some of my favorite numbers, and they just have some of the most amazing wines you've ever seen. The owner, founder, creator, Lloyd of Corner 103. Yay! Well, well, thank you, Renee. That was a great introduction. Well, how are you? Doing well. Yeah, you know, it's a lot happening in the world right now, right? (laughs) Well, between COVID and fires and smoke and harvest, it's been a challenge. Yeah, but we're going to make it. We're going to make it. You know, I think everyone should celebrate New Year's that much harder this year. There you go. (laughs) A reason to talk to you even more, right? (laughs) And a reason to drink more wine. That's right. That's right. So how did you, Lloyd, get into the wine industry? It was totally by accident. (laughs) I, I was a partner in the hedge fund in New York. Two of my partners made an investment in the winery here in Sonoma that went bad. Oh. I came out to fix it. And in fixing it, I started to fall out of love with my partners in New York. Oh. I still love them. They were still great friends, but I needed a change. Mm -hmm. And I started to fall more in love with Sonoma and the wine industry. So I sold, fixed the winery, sold it, and then retired from my financial life and started my wine life. Wow. That, that's crazy. <laughs> so it's like your second, your second career, if you will. Yes. So were you always into wine or was it something you were like, because your friends like invested in it, you sort of kind of like fell into it. Nope, I always enjoyed wine, but I never thought I would be making wine. <laughs> so do you actually get out there and you're like doing the chemicals, stopping the grapes? Well, not stopping literally, but you know, like <laughs> <laughs> actually doing all that. Well, I have a winemaker and an assistant winemaker. Mm-hmm. So I take care of growing the grapes, deciding when to pick them. Mm. When they come into the winery, my winemaking team takes over. 
And then I get involved prior to bottling. So I'm kind of at the beginning and the end of the process. And my team is in the middle. So you're alpha and omega of the wine. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. I like that. So for you, like you're you're sort of like, okay, you get to decide which grapes you're going to grow. And that's like a huge sort of choice there because you decide relatively which wines you're going to make. Correct. And I only make wines that I love. Okay. So what kind of grapes do you you have at your vineyard? I have 12 different wines that I make. Ooh. Let's discuss. (laughs) Well, as it relates to the rosé hour, I make two (laughs) rosés. Okay. I make a still rosé that's 80% Pinot Noir and 90% Gamay. And then I make a sparkling rosé, which is 80% Pinot Noir, 10% Chardonnay, and 10% Pinot Meunier. That sounds delicious. Oh, it's... Amazing. And I'm not just saying that because I make it. <laughs> yeah, well, clearly not because, I mean, you told us the grape. So it's like, duh, yeah, people got to know. Like sparkling, you know, people, if you know your grapes, like that's a good combo. That is a good and combo. My, and my sparkling wins gold medals every year. Wow. My still... I sell out every year, so I don't have, by the time the, the, the competitions are starting, I'm already sold out of the wine. Oh, wow. So you're like, I can't even get in the competition because I'm already done. <laughs> that is uh, crazy. It, and, and that's a challenge. I make more each year. The more I make, the quicker it sells. So how long have you been in business doing this? I opened Corner in April of 2015. So we are five and a half years old. Wow. What would you say would be like one of your challenges that you would tell somebody who's trying to open a vineyard? Like, be aware of this. You need to have a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be true. Endless cash. Because, yes, because unlike other industries, businesses, I'm, I have the cost of growing a grape, so that's for a year. Then you have the cost of converting the grape to wine. Then if it's a red wine, it's going to sit in a barrel for two years and then sit in a bottle for six to 12 months. So you have roughly four years of cost before you sell one bottle. And that's the first vintage. And so you, you basically have four wines 
over four years of costs. And that's if you just made one wine. I'm making 12. Yeah. That, I mean, it's handy. You were a hedge fund manager at first. Uh, You know how to make a dollar stretch, huh? Basically. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So how many acres does your vineyard have to, to make so many wines? You have to have a lot of land, it sounds like. Well... I don't, I have 12 different vineyards, but I don't own the vineyards. I just have the grapes under contract. Mm, okay. Which gives me the ability to move around to source the best fruit that's, that's out there. Oh, that's smart. And I think a lot of people who are new to the whole wine movement, because, you know, it's like a thing now, millennials. You know, we grew up on mimosas as, you know, Sunny D and Lunchables. So now, (laughs) (laughs) as adults, you know, we're like, this is our life now. Like, we were preparing for this since the 90s. Um, And, like, we're learning more about the industry. And it's like, this all makes sense. So, like... The investment you would have, you know, and having uh, different grapes or varietals and all these different, you know, ideas of how the process works makes sense. Like, we we do need the education, though. <laughs> we all can yep. get W sets. Uh, and speaking of that, do you have any of those, like, sort of trainings or any of that? Nope. I have a really small, lean team of people. Yeah. And that comes from my business background. Yeah. Labor labor can kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you manage that exceptionally well. I can understand. So I, so I have a, a small team of people that work extremely hard. And I love them all for what they do for me. Oh, yay to the team. (laughs) So with your team, I know it's harvest season. So how is harvest going for you right now? It's challenging because of the smoke Mm -hmm. and ash. So I'm not on on my white wines. I make a Chardonnay, a Marsan Roussan, and a Grenache Blanc. Mm. I got those grapes in, and they're tasting great. On the red wine side, I haven't picked just yet, and I'm not certain if I'm going to be picking. Just because it's a lot of ash on the clusters mm-hmm. and with how you make a red wine when you crush the grape the liquid is clear to pinkish and then you reintroduce the liquid onto the skins and you let the, the color get extracted out so the skins are full of smoke and ash oh. So you're getting that smoky, ashy flavors in in the wine. So if you are a cigarette smoker, you're going to love this vintage. (laughs) If you like a good smoky wine, this is your season. Yeah. Or if you like smoked meats on the grill, 
Mmm, charcoal flavor. Yeah. Yep. Oh. You're going to love it. Oh, if you like BBQ, <laughs> <laughs> Texas season. Yeah, this is this is your vintage wine 2020. I have a feeling there's going to be like a whole play of that on wines uh, for, for 2020, unfortunately. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, but like... How how is the weather out there and like just the sort of energy? I know it's it's a lot you guys are going through and you know as a wine drinker on the East Coast, you know, I really appreciate and salute you guys. Um and you guys are in my thoughts and prayers all the time because like you know, it's a lot to endure right now and seeing like orange and red skies and it's gloomy and it's crazy like what what's the energy? It's pretty strong from the from the locals because we and we've been we've gone through a lot this year. Yeah, like I was closed for three months. Oh wow! Then open for three weeks, and then was closed for two weeks, and now I'm open, but I can't do any tastings indoors everything has to be outdoors so that was manageable until the fire started and you had the smoke in the air and the ash and the orange skies so it's it's been challenging out here i know the skies are starting to clear up i've heard is is that true like Yes, today we have air quality that's breathable, whereas yesterday was it was unhealthy. Oh my gosh. Oh, I just feel so like, mm, I just want to hug you all, you know? It's just so like <laughs> sad because, you know, we're hearing, you know, regardless of any affiliation of political, you know, thought, it's... It's just like there needs to be some assistance you guys get. You know, we know a lot about the PPP loans and like the government should be doing something to assist small business owners specifically in the region. Um, not because of COVID, because of COVID and the wildfires, you know, the there, there just needs to be more help in the community. And so uh, we just, you know, we're here for you guys. And we appreciate that. So, and you're right, there needs to be federal help. Yeah. And not just for the wine industry, but for, for everybody. all the businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of help, how can people buy? Because, you know, we see people are still buying wine because we're all indoors. We can't go anywhere, especially like in DC. We're back in phase, we're going to go back to phase one because the mayor just was found out that she lied about the the data um and we're not safe <laughs> so we're going back to stage one <laughs> so maybe oh, for in your favor uh so how can people buy because we're gonna buy cases <laughs> of wine to be at home how can we purchase uh, wine from you well my wines are only available if you visit my tasting room or online Yes. So if you go to my website, which is corner103.com, you'll see all the wines we have available. You can place your order. And to thank you and your listeners, 
If you put in rosé hour for the promotional code, you'll get 20% off the wine. Ooh, you guys hear that? 20% off with rosé hour. Use the code because I'm going to use it. Because <laughs> we need more wine. There's just not enough wine. There's just not. And, and we ship a case, which is 12 bottles for a dollar. <gasps> what? I just faded. I'm sorry. I just came back. (laughs) (laughs) You can't beat that. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, Lloyd. That's awesome. And then also, how can people follow you on social media? You can visit us on our Facebook page or Instagram and Twitter. Yay! Now, this is the final question I ask everybody, Lloyd. You ready for it? I'm ready. It's it's going to be a hard one. <laughs> What's your favorite rosé? Well, I would not say anything other than my sparkling rosé. Yay! So use the code ROSEHOUR. Go to corner103.com and get a bottle of Lloyd's favorite sparkling rosé. Get 12 of them because they ship for a dollar. What? (laughs) Makes sense to me. I love it. (laughs) Well, thanks, Lloyd. We're so happy to have you on the show today. No, I enjoyed talking with you and I hope you and the family stay healthy and safe during these crazy times that we're living in. Yes, you too. And, and hopefully we'll get to meet you when you visit Sonoma. Yes, hopefully uh, the restriction bans of D.C. will be lifted and they won't lie on the data anymore and we can travel. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers! Wow, thank you, Lloyd, so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. And also to Ashley, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Rose Hour podcast. Also, thanks to you guys, because this is episode 44. Woohoo! We never thought we'll make it this far, especially toward a quarantine. But you guys made it possible. So thanks for being great friends. We really appreciate all of you out there. So if you haven't already liked, follow, and subscribe, please do so today because we definitely want to make sure you are up to date with some of our amazing guests. Yes! Additionally, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Rosie Hour Podcast so that you can see some of our IGT lives. Bartender Ben with our new series, Tours. He's making drinks, following different people and interviewing them about them in their industries in their spaces so don't forget to join us it's on thursdays at 7 p.m um it's a fun-filled time and you don't want to miss it and also don't forget to go to our website the rosiehourpodcast.com it has been rent 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 renovated renewed restored whatever the r word you want to use we got it updated for you with amazing content where you can find episodes you can also hear the amazing theme song and also purchase it off of itunes for 99 cents 
or stream it. There's a way you can do it for free, depending on your Apple Care situation. Whatever. You know, just just do that. Download the song. <laughs> and also you can find amazing merchandise for the Rosie Hour podcast. And as always, friends, we are always here to sip, sip, hooray, and cheers the day. So we will see you next week. Cheers! Beep, beep, beep.